What's good everybody, this is Silas from SilasBeats.com and today I wanted to give a bit of an update what's been happening over the past few weeks. Um, things have been pretty hectic on my side. Um, I've been trying a whole lot of new stuff and I've been doing a lot as well. So I'm going to get into a bit of that and yeah, hopefully there's, you know, maybe little bits and pieces of information that you might grab from what I'm, tr- what I'm trying to do, maybe try and uh, implement <clears throat> by all means. If I say anything and you know you want to get some clarity, hit me up and I'm more than happy to explain. Um, unless I explicitly say, look, it's still something under review. Kind of like that team I'm trying to build as well. It's still kind of under review, the purpose of the team and what we're going to be doing. But things seem to be going pretty well. Um, I'm actually planning on meeting up with majority of the team this weekend. Um, we are going to start... Um, you know, working on some content. And I think sometimes the most organic teams come about as a result of just sharing a space, you know, kind of like with your friends. Your, the best relationships that you have are the ones with those people that you just chill with and you just have conversations and good things happen. I mean, look, I'm looking at this, this past, um, was it last weekend, that I was at the Beatmakers Market, which is a, which, what I think is the biggest, South Africa's biggest producer event that happens happens once a year um, I've been talking at some of the seminars leading up to this big event and I had a little bit of a breakaway session at this event um, I had a couple of my what I'd call my team members there um, it was pretty cool it was pretty like it was it was cool because what's what's so strange is last year around about this time when Beatmakers Market happened it was just me I arrived there as Silas and that was it a few people noticed me, but for the most part, it was awkward. Um, I looked at a couple of the um, the exhibits, so the uh, sponsors, well, not sponsors, companies come through and they um, they show off their their, their products. Um, they have some DJ exhibitions. They've got some beatboxer exhibitions. They've got uh, all kinds of talks that happen. And like for the most part, I was just there last year, but. What I told myself is, look, I need to get into a situation where I'm, I'm a part of this somehow. And this, is, this year that happened, it wasn't in the biggest, it wasn't in the greatest respect. It wasn't like a headliner. I was literally right at the beginning and I don't think, like, you know, I don't think my coverage was, I don't, you know, it was, one of, it was negligible. Whether or not I did anything on the day was kind of negligible. But um, uh, I'm glad that I got an opportunity to be a part of it this time. Um, in a like in a in with my presentation, and I'm hoping that next year it's probably even in a bigger capacity. It'll be really really cool um, for the brand. It'll be cool just to give back as well. You know, you know. They say that you must never leave anything the way that it was. Um, just leave it better. So that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna try and do, um, especially with these events. So um, at the Beatmakers Market, we sp- oh my goodness, I had so many conversations with so many people. I met up with so many legends. You know, the, the best thing about meeting up with a legend um, of sorts is that you, you, you get so much insight and it's for free, provided they're speaking to you, of course, so provided you're not being a nuisance and you're not wasting their time. That information is free and um, you don't have to... Like, you don't have to search far, provided you ask the correct questions and this person is willing to give the information. You learn a lot, like a lot. So, yeah, um, 
I, I spoke to a couple of people. It was really, really informative. I spoke to Tony Mack. He had a really, really cool presentation that he did. Um, that was, you know, it was, it was nice. Then there was, um, uh, I spoke to, I spoke to Trompi as well, uh, Pete Moncini. He, I mean, he's a guy that I've always, like, I've, I, I've known quite well for a while. Um, we got a chance to, we got a chance to just talk. Then, who else did I meet up with? There were a couple of people, man, but for the most part, it was, like, it was really, really cool. Then, um, I saw a couple of the exhibits. Those were cool, some of the talks. And I got a chance to speak to Wiseman Gubo. For those people who don't know, Wiseman is probably one of the most knowledgeable people I know about the music industry. Just is his, I don't know where his field of expertise lie within the music industry. For me, he feels almost like a generalist, but he knows, he knows, um, uh, he knows a lot. So not a journalist, a generalist. So he knows a lot about the music industry. Uh, we spoke about music publishing. I actually had a couple of questions I wanted to ask about streaming and those royalties. I had a couple of questions I wanted to ask him about uh, music publishers and I got quite a lot of that information. Um, I feel a lot smarter having spoken to him. We spoke for maybe three hours, uh, believe it or not. Um, and it was just just bars, he was just dropping bars. And then at some point, um, Delisa, the MD, one of my longtime friends, joined us. Um, he was busy rapping to the beatboxers. The beatboxers were doing their thing. He just started rapping with them. That was pretty cool. Um, but I was like deep in my conversation, so that was like a side thought. Um, what else? What else happened? Um, yeah, yeah, then uh, Genius, another another collaborator, someone that I work quite closely with now. He also joined the conversation. We spoke about quite a bit of stuff. It was cool. And yeah, um, that was the situation there. But um, we spoke about, you know, we spoke about ownership. We spoke about signing bad contracts, just bad deals in general. Um, and how those can affect how those can affect your entire the entire trajectory of your career. We spoke about uh, catalogs. That's the other thing we spoke about. And we were we went on about catalogs. We were talking about how African catalogs are the thing right now. If you have a catalog of genuinely African music, I'm not talking about something random like I don't know something like a random a couple of random house beats. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like full on. You've taken the time out to go and do your research, and you put together some African tracks, um, and you get a good enough catalog. You can actually do quite a bit of damage in the music industry with regards to library music. It's a lot of money to be earned in that space. So that was the one conversation that we had. Um, yeah. Other than that, the rest of the event was pretty cool. We had the beat battle. Some of those beats were insane. Um, you know, I oh, I always like. I never really pay too much attention. Well, I've never paid too much attention to beat battles, but it's a completely different world. It's not like making beats for an artist. My beats would not work at a beat battle because my beats tell a story and they take time to tell a story. Um, I have one or two beats that go right in from the beginning and that's kind of what you need. So some of the points that I saw from that beat battle were that you have to move the crowd. And this isn't just by having a, a, a great set of drums because the crowd gets bored pretty quickly. The crowd gets bored within within an eight bar loop, the crowd can get bored. So you need to be switching it up. Um, 
stutters and stops and drops and all sorts of weird effects you know your gross beat effects those type of things that's great for beat battles because it um you can it kind of gets the listener unaware and i think like that's a lot of the reason why um your uh it was cyrus beats who i'm actually uh, i've been listening to his beats for a while now um that's why i feel he won the last one at the end he was up against beats by blast who is um uh, also very very talented he's got insane drums whereas cyrus had more of the melody thing going on um and he was a, he was a lot more out of the box um so yeah it was it was cool um beats by blast played his beat and it was dope it had it had this it had this step in it that was it was very memorable right well for the rest of that night it was very memorable um and then Cyrus beats picked his last beat and he started playing it and it played and I was like huh okay this is very vanilla it was very it was a very okay beat it wasn't amazing until the halfway point of the beat and I think he did this on purpose when it switched up completely and it went um it went f it went almost quite oish um it went almost quite oish and that was yeah that was crazy everybody went mad they played it again people were waiting for that drop again so i see now it's completely about that it's completely about just catching your audience unaware um so if you ever do get into a beat battle just make sure whatever you're sending they don't just send loops this is the issue now um a lot of the producers i'm speaking to now when they make beats they make an 8 bar loop and they loop it loop it loop it then they change something for the chorus they might add a symbol they might add another synth and then that's the beat done this is why people are able to crank out beats in 10 minutes that's not like it's not it's not a it's not a um it's not an admirable thing if you tell me that it takes you 10 minutes to make a beat i don't care what does it sound like well, how does it make me feel um that's where uh that's where you know that's where um the real source is is in the is in the uh the the uniqueness of the beat um yeah so moving along um i have been working on the dmx prayer remix and the moment i finish this podcast i'm actually i actually need to listen through it so um i know by the time most people hear this they're not necessarily going to know what's going on so for whoever hears this whether it's like within the next week or so you're kind of privy to this information um so it's going to start out with a jayhood verse right and this jayhood verse is it's high powered it even starts out without any of the beat i wish i could play it i wish i could just play it and then explain it but i'll explain maybe i'll explain it at a later stage but the track starts out with a with a jayhood verse very high powered the right in the beginning there's no beat um and then the beat kicks in i think after about four bars of him rapping um then from there we go into the chorus and then after that is the techo verse which is melodic i'm a melodic guy so this is obviously my favorite verse um i sing along to it every time from the day i got the separates i was singing along so i've been i'm tired of the verse now but um it's amazing i love i love the way he plays look he's he's a he's a i'm going to call it call him what he is he's a, he's a singer he's got r&b feel to it um he uses autotune 
I enjoy it though because he's very aware of what he can do and is very aware of I think he's very aware of how other singers sing and he doesn't sing that way um, yeah um, I like his melody structure cool back into the verse uh, sorry back into the chorus then we have a black Les verse very different from the version that he did with reason this verse is like it's also it's high powered um, there's less also what I had to do I'll speak about the beat in a moment but what I had to do is I had to play with the beat play around with the beat so that it kind of like it fed into the energy that was being given by the verses the verses all had high energy I'd say maybe except for the Tejo verse all the verses had really really high energy um, so again I couldn't just you know just chill out even those Rhodes chords that that come in uh, in the DMX prayer original track they're in there but you can see that I've kind of pushed them to the back a little bit the, those aren't important here they're here to set the atmosphere but it's more so we want the drums to hit harder and you know that was the that was my thought process when I was mixing uh, after the black Les verse MT verse very um, non it's not a typical MT verse you know it's not your typical roll-up singing type of verse which I was happy about I'm like wow cool he can rap and it just reminded us that he can rap so I was like okay cool he addresses um, a bit of the ambitious stuff I'm actually uh, we are so fortunate that he addressed some of that stuff on a beat that I produced this is something this is a story I've been following for a long time and for him to you know speak on it even if it is just a couple of lines in the track for him to speak on it on top of my beat it's yeah it, it, I can't even explain how it makes me feel um, then after that back into the chorus this last chorus is very very different um, I tried to build up to the Zakwevers like you'll hear there's it changes a little bit there's, there's elements that come out there's elements that go in I even added a couple of my own vocals I had to this was a track I was like this is the biggest track I'm, I'm gonna probably do this year let me have you know it's my own little stamp of Silas just put my own vocal on there um, even though it is a little bit mangled and it's not really very audible in the back of my mind I'm like yeah I've shared a verse with this person and um, or I've shared a track with all these famous people and you know it's in my mind it's, it feels good it's weird but yeah that's me then the Zakwe verse comes in um, um, I think this is the first introduction of your typical strings your staccato strings uh, during the empty verse as well as the blacklist verse there are some pizzicato strings um, that come in for a little bit um, as I mentioned my choir that that pops in for a bit um, what else did I add in Les's verse if you listen carefully there's little Easter eggs in the track for music producers your your audio people to listen and hear all these different um, <laughs> all these different e effects that I've added in there um, there's a couple of tape stops. There's a few odes to old VSTs. Um, there's even in the middle of the Les verse. There's a synthesizer that I've been using a lot of. It's very, very. Um, it's one of those. It's a soulful. It's a soulful VST. It's a soulful. Sorry, it's a soulful instrument. Um, I can't explain it. It's a very, very short stab. It's a very, very light synth. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, if you listen halfway through the Les verse, that's there. And look, one of the challenges that I had creating this mix, doing this mix, I'll say creating this mix because I literally, the, the process went, I received the seps, 
Um, I obviously had the existing project. So the first thing I had to do was mute Les, mute Reason. Um, kept the chorus as is. Um, Les came through to record some stuff over his verse. It was already it had already been recorded. Uh, MT had recorded with Les at another uh, producer's spot. Um, so I got those separate, separate sent to me. Then when Les came through, he added a little bit on top of his verse as well as to the chorus. So you'll hear again Easter eggs. He's also left some Easter eggs for keen listeners that he's added small things here and there in the chorus. Very, very subtle. Um, you won't pick it up if you're not listening properly. Um, then from there, there's a bit of an issue trying to get separates. You know how it is when you're getting separates from different people. Techo, uh, Techo uh, recorded separately. Zakwe recorded separately. J-Hood also recorded separately. J-Hood, I must say, was really timeless. The moment Les asked, he got the, he got the verse. Um, it's just that, you know, there were some... There were some elements, there were some, what's this, um, effects on J-Hood's verse. So I had to get that resent to me without effects. I used some of his effects, but yeah, I laid those out. So that's three verses now. Zakwe's verse was the last verse that I got. Tsecho's verse was, actually, Zakwe's verse was not the last verse. The Tsecho verse took a long time to get ready. The Zakwe verse came through, but it was recorded on a Mac. So that in itself was an issue. It was recorded on a Mac, and when it was exported, it was exported in a file format that was unrecognizable by my PC. And I only picked this up like a good two months later, well, a month later after the, the, what I thought was the final draft was done. Um, so eventually, once I got everything there, I won't lie, it sounded, it, sounded, it sounded horrible. It sounded like everything had been recorded in a different place. It was just so apparent that this was a, these guys were not in the same room. They didn't share the same room. So now, the trick, because I've done this before, where I've gotten recordings from multiple places. Remember, it's my studio. Wherever MT and Les recorded, wherever Zakwe recorded, wherever Tsecho recorded, wherever J-Hood recorded, that's five studios. And it all kind of needs to mesh into this one track. So you can imagine that what I had to do is, I, essentially, I first had to get the, the, the vocals to be clean to be as clean as I can get them. After I got them clean, it was a case of getting them to occupy similar frequencies, almost as though the same mic was used. So now what that, is, what that essentially did is it made certain verses sound a little bit weird um, initially, but then I'll do some EQ compensation. So it was, it was basically trying to make everything fit into the same kind of mold. EQing them all in the same way, getting them to kind of share the same sort of um, um, uh, frequencies. Then after that, it was a case of trying to bring out the best while playing within those parameters. Look, they were, I could tell very quickly whose mics were really, really good. The mic that I used, I think was, I mean, I, you hear the chorus, it's very, very crispy. Um, but a lot of that is down to the, the EQing. Um, uh, the J-Hood recording, the mic it wasn't the best, but it was okay. The cleanest recording I received was the Tsecho recording. It, I mean, it had to be. It was melodic, and I know that wherever he recorded, he's, he probably had quite a, quite a strong mic on him. Um, the next cleanest recording was the Zakwe verse. That one was clean. I wasn't expecting it to be that clean, but it was pretty nice. So that was kind of the, the benchmark. Um, but at the same time, with the MT verse and the Blacklist verse that were recorded in a different place, I had to um, kind of get those to sound, I don't know, I had to get those to sound better. 
Um, I even got those separates resent to me so I could do a little bit more to them. Um, and then, yeah, the J-Hood one was the one that I think needed the most work with regards to the EQ. Once I was done with all of that, then I had a... Um, then I started sending drafts through to Showtime, uh, Black Les. Black Les was working on the arrangement with me. We went back and forth with the arrangement. Once we got the arrangement done, then I said, Black Les, now it's time for me to work on the beat. So I went into my hole. Um, I exported all the vocals as one vocal track and I went back to the beat and I started adding elements in. A lot of what I added, I ended up chucking out. I didn't want to do it. Initially, I wanted it to be that. I wanted everybody to have their own sounding DMX prayer beat. And it, at some point, this was, it was sounding comical. It was sounding like a joke. Um, so what I did is I removed quite a few of the elements and I kept what I thought would add to the track. Um, yeah, once I was done, then I brought that beat well, elements of that beat back into this project. Um, so just for, for, for context, I was doing the mix in Cubase and then what I did is I exported the, 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 the acapella and took it over to FL Studio to do work on the beat. The reason why I don't rewire um, is I want to focus. I like to focus. So if, I'm re if I've got it rewired, I'm, tr I'm trying to focus on the vocals, but now I can see the VST that I want to change in the instrument. So I go there and I change that. Now I'm moving back and forth and I'm just wasting time. Um, so I didn't want to do that. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's why I don't rewire. So I went back to, what's this, to FL Studio, worked on the beat, brought some of the new elements back in. Thought I was being smart. I laid everything out and I realized I needed to go back to FL Studio. I think I must have done that process of going back and forth between FL Studio and Cubase maybe six or seven times um, over three three sessions, but those sessions were short. Like I won't lie, my beat making sessions weren't long at all. Um, yeah, once I was happy with everything, that's when I um, continued mixing the beat. I was just adding little elements. Then right at the end, it was the worst situation because now I've got all these vocals, this project is huge. I actually want to go and see how big it is in terms of its size. Um, but I then needed to add the final things like tape stops and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I did that. That was, that was the next step. That was cool. And essentially that is what I've got now. The product that I've got now. And yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. And once it comes out, it's going to be... I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to be game-changing for me, but it's going to be game-changing for my credit list because I get to add J-Hood, I get to add um, uh, Zakwe, I get to add Tsecho, I get to add MT. People who I've seen doing really, really well. And look, we can say what you want to about past their prime or um, doing things in a certain way, but these are large, these are really well-known artists and I'm sharing a track with them. I mean, I've had a, I think I've had a really good year. Um, hoping, you know, um, things do carry on and this track does do what it's supposed to do. And I'm hoping that it's not just your typical remix where the beat is the same and there's just got a bunch of new verses. I want it to sound like a remix. It needs to have new elements. It needs to be, it needs to take you on a journey. And I'm hoping that that's what happens. In any case, um, this one has been, this podcast has been quite long. There were a couple other things. It's been so long um, since, well, a lot has happened in a short space of time. So I think I'm going to leave it at this. Let this be 
nice explanation of the DMX prayer remix. Got a lot of other things I want to talk about, but I'm going to leave those ones um, to the next podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to hit me up, you can. SilasBeats at gmail.com. You can, um, you can email me, SilasBeats at uh, gmail.com, or you can head to my website, which is www.silasbeats.com. And we can keep the conversation going. My cell phone number is there. Feel free to contact me. I do take forever to reply these days. It is, for some reason, getting worse as we start to wrap the year up. But there's a lot of projects and a lot of things that I'm trying to get done. Um, I'm even, like, I'm, I'm trying to, I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, I'm trying to get into investments as well. So a lot of my time is going into studying different types of investments and that. But I'll get into that in a, at a later stage. I think once I'm more comfortable with that, um, and yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. Peace.